The mother put the porcelain spoon. The mother drew back and poured the little girl back. But the mother did not hear the old voice. The mother. Experience the heartwarming story of a mother's love that knows no bounds, titled The Mother, written by Nobel Prize-winning author Pearl S. Buck. It's a story of love, sacrifice, and the universalism of motherhood that transcends race and borders, told through an account of an unnamed mother living in rural China in the early 20th century. Get the audiobook right now at radio.cgtn.com or any major podcast platform. Simply search for the Books and Beyond podcast and key in the mother. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you along. In an effort to secure electricity availability for residents, local governments in China have churned out new policies and measures for another very hot summer. Subsidies for off-peak usage, virtual power plants, to name a few. We take a look at effective measures to better manage the soaring power consumption in China, and we're on a mission. Of starting your week with a motivational kick, our motivational Monday offerings will get you ready to tackle the week. And one thing you probably know about Huyang by now on the show—that is, I love music, and it happens that you love music too. So we've handpicked songs now and then, but particularly for today's motivational Monday, of course, to enjoy some. Music together as、uh, we go on the show. So for today's program, I'm joined by Neil Holin and Pearl in the studio. First on today's show, as we get into another sweltering summer, the demand for electricity is expected to go up too. Chinese mega city Shanghai, with a population of approximately 25 million, has rolled out a new electricity pricing. Scheme in an effort to save energy, the city has been giving out subsidies to incentivize residents to use electricity in a more efficient manner. What's more, virtual power plants have been the talk of the town as China seeks to address rising demand for electricity amid hot summer weather and economic recovery. So let's break it down one by one for everybody. What does this new pricing scheme look like in? Shanghai, of course. According to a recent report published by Shanghai-based news portal Sixth Tone, Shanghai adopts an off-peak power usage scheme to encourage residents to reduce the power usage during the peak hours this summer.、Uh, Zheng Qingrong, director of the Demand Side Management Center, remember this keyword, demand side management, because it is apparently something we have been working on for the past couple of years, if not decades, to. Make sure that the usage of power、um, stops being a problem for the demander and also stops being a burden for the grid. And according to this person at the state grid Shanghai Marketing Service Center, the city would pay residents who are willing to shift their power usage away from peak demand hours. Zhang said, using less electricity during peak demand periods and more during the night will ensure the security of the power system in Shanghai. And the plan aims to achieve a maximum load reduction of 12,000 megawatts, involving more than 70,000 households.、Mm. A little more detail about the scheme is, according to the scheme, which is based on electricity consumption data from previous years, it is expected that households will be paid three yuan, which is almost half a dollar per kilowatt. Hour saved during peak demand and 1.2 yuan per kilowatt hour saved during low usage hours. Okay, it sounds like the government is handing out some cash to incentivize people.、Um, just by the look of it, Pearl,、um, do you think this is a bait、uh, users would、uh, happily take up? I think so. I think people are starting to be more conscious about you know the need to save. Energy and also to make sure that the countries that have made commitments towards, you know, achieving、um, carbon neutrality do 
actually reach those goals. And China is one of those countries that has made co- serious commitments, ambitious commitments, as some would say. And so I think uh, what I've seen uh, in my time here in China is that people, residents or citizens, they do support every effort that the government uh, tries to make or takes in terms of trying to better their lives. And this is one way of better bettering people's lives when you want to ensure that uh, the environment is saved, but also we don't necessarily, we don't waste energy um, when it's not necessary. I mean, right now, yes, we are seeing that summers are getting hotter in most part of the world mm. even here in China just um in the first six months of this year according to the National Climate Center China has experienced more uh, record high uh, temperatures in terms of days than in previous than since 1961 when mm. the records well were well, when China started keeping records, and that is an average, it says about 4.1 days have been the hottest in uh, in China compared to the to the annual average of 2.2 days, so just a little over two days. So it's kind of like more than doubled this year in terms of the number of days that have seen the hottest temperatures um, in, in yeah in China, and so. With that in mind, you see that people are trying to stay cooler and they switch on the ACs and they use other means that require electricity to stay cool. But then uh, this incentive says, please don't overdo it. Here's an incentive for Mm -hmm. you to not overdo it. Maybe you can do it at night because that's when people are not using that much electricity the the demand is not that high at night so people can switch to trying to stay cooler at night or or cook maybe later well not too late but you know <laughs> not like at 2 a.m so i think people will buy into this mm. uh initiative i mean I've, I've seen in other countries the uk has a similar has introduced a similar initiative which is called the demand flexibility service where they also uh, pay consumers uh they offer about i think it's between three pounds and six pounds so they have like six service providers and those uh, service providers will make the final decisions decision on as to how much they pay um, the consumers but it's ha- it has to be between three and six pounds but you can go over because I've seen some have actually paid about eight pounds uh, per unit of uh, energy that you use in your household and uh, they encourage people to not use uh, uh, hair dryers tumble dryers, dishwashing machines, and so on, because those are very uh, uh, energy-consuming, high-energy-consuming appliances. So people have to reduce um, the use of their appliances in their homes at certain times, especially in the UK. It's between 16 or 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. GMT. And so people have to be wary or they have to be very cautious of how much energy they use during that time for you to be able to get that money. (laughs) Right. So it's not really news for a country's uh, electricity authorities or the department that sets up these kind of measures to offer rate plans that rise and fall with the cost of producing uh, electricity. Because uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, apparently, you know, when it's off season or peak season of or time of a day, um, the um, amount that the cost of producing and storing and transmitting electricity is actually different. So it makes a lot of sense financially to sort of offer rate plants that go by the fluctuation of that cost. And that's something that we probably know. But this time in Shanghai, when it's actually handing out money, this is a very different kind of incentive as opposed to um, 
Nyo Honglin, you can pay less during night kind of thing. When, oh, yeah. Yeah, right? So I think that's kind of, that's definitely something new here in China. Totally. Actually, Shanghai paid out over 62 million yuan in subsidies to households that used less power during peak hours in the form of an electricity bill credit. And it's not the first um, time we do such thing, but I think more and more people started to realize that not only um, using too much electricity in peak hours would probably hurt the grid. Actually, um, the let's say the difference in power demand between peak and low periods, if it's huge, it can sometimes require power plants to shut down and reactivate over and over again. It is a huge burden, which is why I think we started to um, introduce this virtual power plant thing, which, in my opinion, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Previously, I thought it's something with the internet. Internet, it's <laughs> the virtual, and yeah. it's uh, a power plant building on the internet. No, 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 it has nothing to do with it. Mm. Actually, um, a virtual power plant. I would say it's kind of like a communication software platform specially designed to organize and manage the distributed power generators, the controllable power consumers, and energy storage systems. It's like forming a virtual alliances that operates like a real power plant. And let's break it down a little bit. So for the distributed power generators, they can be include wind farms on hillsides. They can be even, let's say, the solar panels on your rooftop. Mm -hmm. And the controllable power consumers, they can include households, factories, office buildings, especially in city centers, the office buildings can be a huge um, power consumer, shopping malls and electric vehicles even. And the energy storage system can include electric vehicles capable of charging and discharging, uh, charging piles when energy storage with energy storage capabilities and portable power banks in your pocket even. So it's less about or it's not about generating electricity, but it's a system for managing electricity. Yes. And that's the part that's really difficult for most of us who don't work in that industry to wrap our heads around because it's like, how can you do that? And it is fascinating that you can. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was also just reading here about the situation in South Africa as a South African Mm -hmm. because uh, we have a power sector. Uh, power crisis in South Africa. Our infrastructure is aging and that has put a lot of pressure on the supply of electricity to the country's nearly 60 million uh, population as well as the industrial sector in our country. And uh, so what I, one of the things that was um, uh, was being proposed is uh, having a, a, a smart meter installed in households, in every household, where the regulator, the energy regulator in our country can actually uh, manage uh, the amount of electricity that goes, that is used in in the household, especially for water heating, because we use a system that's, that's called um, a giza, which is a water heater that you install in your home. It, it varies in sizes. And um, so what I guess once you install that uh, smart meter, it can say whether you are now overheating your water and uh, it can be remotely uh, reduced. The The heater can be remotely uh, reduced from what I read. and But this is still something that is being proposed. Mm. And and I think it will also apply uh, in, in terms of other appliances besides the water heater. Appliances such as a washing machine, maybe a dishwasher and, and others that really consume a lot of electricity. And from what I'm reading, I think this could help. Uh, and uh, because a lot of people are not really that cautious about how much or how they use their electricity. Some people leave um, their stoves on. Uh, That's not safe. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and you know, it's similar to water where people leave water running and they like, oh, I'm coming back just for... I'm just going to the other room and they leave water running and then they come back and then... Please don't do that. So people, I mean, as much as you'll be doing the right thing in your household, other people, they just don't really care that much. And that's 
just a fact. I mean, I, I cringe when I watch movies. <laughs> I I'm like, think what are they doing? <laughs> Turn off the tap or something. I think what you've described is kind of like a tiny mini power, uh, virtual power plant you install in your home. That yes. is to yeah, uh, intelligent smart, smart meter thing. Yes, intelligently control everything. And what we're talking about here is more like a... Um, a virtual power plant in a larger scale mm. and for different households actually you can be part of the scheme by installing an app on your well actually it's like entrusting your household appliances mm -hmm. such as your electric vehicles we talked about air conditioners refrigerators to a platform for management and the, by doing so you can allow the platform to remotely control the charging schedules of your electric vehicle and adjust the temperature settings of your appliances I mean, adjusting one or two degrees in your household is not a huge thing. But if every household in your building, in your residential community, in the district adjust your um, air conditioner one degree down, it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea about the power, the virtual power plant. Right. And that works really well, Yoholian, after what you've portrayed for us. For, let's say, office buildings or these big corporate buildings or shopping malls or whatnot. But when it comes to the individual household, I suspect that people might have different ideas. For example, sometimes I don't think we should... Okay, first of all, this is a disclaimer. China is a vast country with a huge population. People have very diverse needs and people are at different um, parts occupy different parts of the economic spectrum, and we acknowledge that. But also, if you look at the overall situation in China, in a lot of provinces, in a lot of households in China, do people even have that many, let's say, air conditioners to power the house to keep yourself cool? Not really. Like, I remember just a couple of years ago reading this very optimistic uh, industry report for air conditioning development in China, and it was way too optimistic. It said that overall, like, uh, sorry, on average, there's less than one air conditioner in Chinese households. And just think about this, if Chinese households, well, if you have more than one room, then you have, let's say, two, three more air conditioning, uh, air conditioners in your household. What tremendous growth that will be for air, the air conditioning industry. <laughs> But did that happen? No, it didn't. And then if you look at developed countries, If it's not central heating or air conditioning, uh, if you visit Japan, for example, uh, households, maybe each room has an air conditioning, uh, air conditioner. So anyhow, so we need to look at the fact that we are a developing country on the one hand. And also you have swaths of people working hard, still looking to improve our livelihoods. And when it's hot, people want air conditioning, which is understandable. And then when you look at the virtual Uh, power plant that actually needs your okay to be present in your household, people in China and around the world might feel, do, we, do I want this to be controlled by, by another entity, so to speak, when in fact in China, like a lot of households don't really use that much electricity anyway. And that is why actually there will be financial incentives introduced if you join the power plan, if you become a power bank for the platform. That is something can be real. Please explain when that. When I'm saying become a power plant or a power, power bank, bank for the virtual power plant, actually not only, yes, we use uh, air conditioner as an example because it's really hot summer days, but actually all the other home appliances can work with the system as well. And you You might be surprised to know that electric cars can serve as also a vital, um, let's say, element. Um, in July 2022, the domestic retail penetration rate of new energy vehicles actually reached nearly 27%, which is a huge number because by 2014, it is estimated that China could have 300 million electric vehicles if each vehicle has a capacity of 65 kilowatt hour. The total energy storage capacity of these vehicles would amount to 20 billion kilowatt 
hour. And by leveraging the energy storage capacities of electric vehicles, virtual power plants can tap into this vast reserve of stored energy during times of high electricity demand or supply fluctuations. So we're not only talking about one or two kinds of home appliances or just electric vehicles. It's more like a concept. And um, by adopting the concept or implementing it, we need huge computing power. We need the um, we need the ability to be able to count every factor in. Yes. And that requires a lot of computing power. And can I just raise one point? Computing power uses up obscenely huge amount of energy. Like when you look at Bitcoin mining, when you look at how um, the supercomputers are, are, are doing the calculations, it takes up a lot of energy. And and that's also, you know, it's almost like fighting fire with fire. It, I think it's more like micro macro management there's because, there's definitely yeah that. yeah and because we actually have got statistic here saying that for a peak load lev uh, leveling tasks such as meeting five percent of peak demand um, investing in thermal power plants for example mm. would require approximately 400 billion yuan and let alone the carbon emission however by leveraging virtual power plants where the main resources are already actually available the additional investment needed we are talking about the computing power the uh, let's say the construction operation and incentive incentive to give to the people, actually, it's only around 50 to 60 billion yuan. So still, there <laughs> <Only>? is. Only? <laughs> uh, okay. Because the other one is 400 billion. So yeah. if you make the comparison, definitely virtual power plant would be a much better choice. Well, you see, this is, um, you've got two camps of people already, you know, <laughs> yeah. one's the more tech Luddite kind of person, which I forever hold the crown to. And you've got somebody who's very aspiring. Well, yeah. Yes. And okay. looking forward to technological change that can bring real change to people's lives and possibly save the planet. And Pearl, you are in the unique position today to share <laughs> which camp do you tilt a little bit more towards? Could I just ask? <laughs> if I own a, an EV uh -huh. and then I become the store of energy, yeah, <laughs> how much power? How much could I earn from that? Well, currently I think it's around three yuan per uh, kilowatt hour, so that's half a dollar. And but I I think the reason um, I find this incentive quite inducing is because. I don't really need to do a lot of things. I'm just handing over the uh, charging scheme to a platform. It's not like I'm sacrificing a lot. Mm -hmm. and, and there is and always the lingering idea of or the thought that, you know, what if what if you're not supposed to use power at a particular time and then there's nothing you can do about it? Mm. Yeah, but I do support it. I do support the idea. Hey, good. Um, I think <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate I here. I mean, I think it makes you feel like you are doing a service for humanity mm, in yeah, a way. A bit. Yeah, you're doing your part. You're supporting your fellow mankind, your fellow mm. citizens, and you know. Yeah, crazy. I appreciate that, and I think it's important, and it's really good to have that kind of thought. But also, you are. A consumer, a citizen with your, you know, with your rights as well. And that includes if you sign up for a scheme like this, then you should be guaranteed what you're entitled to. That is, hopefully the energy will go to your household accordingly and you also get what you're promised. And I think that's also important for any policy or scheme to be popular. So you, do you think the scheme does not meet I think that sometimes idea. maybe you want your air conditioner to be one degree lower but at that particular time it requires to be one degree higher sometimes something like that mm. I, I have a really cheap skate idea for all of this and I utilize it at home that is basically I let myself sweat <laughs> I know you are really really well done to you saving well the environment you. yeah I mean I also don't use the AC that much so 
Yeah, so yeah, you and, and should also, be the target audience. Sorry, also, I haven't finished my sentence. There's the first <laughs> half. I let myself sweat. And then after taking my shower, I just uh, turn on the air con for one hour. And I I try, I time myself to fall asleep during that one hour. <laughs> and then the AC automatically shuts, shuts down because I've, I've programmed it to do so. And then, you know, you're if it's a lucky night, then you go from night to morning just without the need of getting up because it's too hot or whatever. Yeah, I don't have it on myself like for the whole day. It's only for the maybe whole day. That is so extravagant. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm not I saying you. I'm not saying you, but people out on. there, what are you thinking the about? The AC is probably on for about mm. 20 to 30 minutes if it's really hot. Yeah. Because I don't like feeling cold. <laughs> I think I prefer being, I prefer feeling warm more than I prefer feeling cold. So once I feel like I'm cool enough, yeah. then I switch it on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, switch it off. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And also, you know, don't switch it on and off too frequently. Mm. That's also, you know, it's like a spike in energy or electricity demand once you turn it on so you know don't do it too often but also we've talked so much about the demand side of things and interesting new schemes and arrangements and i think that's all very exciting and on the other hand of course there's the the need to um, make our energy cleaner mm. um increasingly moving away from coal and to new energy, solar, water, wind, all those things that Nyoholin has mentioned earlier. And in China, we're seeing a vast amounts of investment that go that goes into new energy sectors as well. And we'll be back with more roundtable discussion. Once upon a time, in a land not so very far away, Stories were told of the brave and the bold. The whole court fell silent to hear what the great warrior Mulan might ask for. Of mighty deities and powerful immortals. Immediately, the shimmering skin started to grow before his eyes. Of fated love and love sanctified. In dawn's golden light, Mulan said, Marry me. Of great journeys across fantastical landscapes. So the cat and the mouse climbed on the dog's back, and the dog swam across the broad river. In the company of friends and enemies and unimagined beasts. Yeah, <laughs> good to see you. Of ordinary folk with tantalizing stories to tell. Heroes and heroines all. It's incredible. How did you do that? Tales of sad sacrifice and victories snatched from the jaws of defeat. Stories of the wise, the accomplished and the quick of mind. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. Keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, Hu Young. So happy to be on the show, a live show with Nyo Honglin and Pearl. Pearl, hi. Hi, how are you doing <laughs> this Monday afternoon? <laughs> yeah, because you seem like you are um, very invested in today's uh, discussion, which I am beyond happy about because <laughs> what better can you have when three people are on board and are interested in today's topics and we want to share our discussion with you and hopefully uh, make you laugh a little bit. Uh, Learn a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> try to be, you know, uh, entertaining and informative yeah. and also pick up a couple of pearls of inspiration along oh. the way, Pearl. <laughs> and that's all really great. <laughs> 
Coming up on today's show, recently a fine dining restaurant in Beijing has stopped serving children under the age of 12. Of course, they won't be going by themselves. So no parents, they're not allowed in. The little ones. The move has reignited a long-standing debate about children in restaurants. Should kids be welcome in fancy restaurants at all? And our special segment, Motivational Monday, coming your way, will give you that adrenaline shot for the start of the week, and also with the song. That、um, I picked out for you. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. When you're there and you're so inclined, please give us a five star review. It will help other folks find the show. I checked for a couple of days. We didn't get any new comments on Apple Podcast, which is rare. What's up, people? You know, <laughs> just just a little hint there. And if you have a question that you want us to answer on social issues, business, technology, or whatever moves your spirit, you can send those our way. There's a place to do it: ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Emails are fine, but voice memos are always better because we're a radio show after all. And it would be really great if you can include your name and region of residence. In the email or voice memo, we really appreciate it. Now, a roundtable as we continue today's discussion. Recently, a high-end restaurant in Beijing has caused quite a stir on Chinese social media for not allowing children under the age of 12 to dine in. Whether or not to bring children along to restaurants is a debate that has long divided people. Both sides have compelling arguments. Um, without being too personal. <laughs> Have you ever had the experience of being disturbed by children at a restaurant? And also, Nyo Holin, I know you've become a mom,、yes. and have your thoughts changed as a result of that? Well, actually, I have not been disturbed by kids in restaurants, but I had my fair share of being kicked、um, by being kicked on the. <laughs> Back of a seat、mm. on a high-speed train by kids. Yep, and I have to say, yes, actually, my mindset changed a little bit. Okay, we'll dive into that discussion a bit later. But, Great. Um, being the one who's being disturbed by kids, it depends on how willingly the kid is kicking the back seat <laughs>、oh, of no. my my、yeah. um. Seat on the train, and、right. also, as for in a restaurant, I think it depends on the motive of、um, the restaurant dining experience you're, you're going for. If、ah. it's a business dining, you might really want a quiet experience, and also it depends on the price of the restaurant.、Yes. So a lot of factors, a lot of factors in play, and I'm glad that you shared your thoughts have changed about that, and we we can talk about that in a、yeah. second. And Pearl. I can tell you're trying to hold in a lot, <laughs> a big speech, but you know, let it out, let it out, let it out. No, I, I have, <laughs> I have been annoyed by kids <laughs> in restaurants before. So yeah, I do find it annoying when parents cannot control their little ones in、uh, restaurants,、mm -hmm. especially when they are making noises that are disturbing other, you know, patrons in the establishment. I find that to be disrespectful, especially. I don't blame the kids. the kids. They don't respect anything. Our, well. You, That's if you come from a bush somewhere, you're not taught manners. <laughs> yeah, then I will accept that. If you were raised by、uh, chimpanzees somewhere, <laughs> yeah, then I will accept that. You know, you no, know, there are kids that no, kids have to be taught manners、mm. by their parents. That's what I believe. That's what I was taught by my parents growing up. That you have to behave a certain way when you are in. Front of company, you don't have to behave like、uh, a little、okay. chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but you have to have a certain. Yeah, I do understand that some kids, you know, they they're too young to understand,、mm. you know, the environment they're in. They just want to be kids. Yes, but there has to be、um, it's a, a a time or a period where. As a parent, you say, "Please stop this," and then the kid listens.、Um, yes, I do also understand that some kids are just, you know, hyperactive.、Mm -hmm. They may listen for five seconds and then they continue doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. So that's why then you need 
these restaurants putting their foot down mm. and saying, if you do not control your kid, we will not allow them in our establishments. See, that's another key point here. That is the super high-end restaurant, which proudly holds, is it? Three Michelin stars mm-hmm. in Beijing, quite well known, very expensive. Uh, apparently, uh, it will cost you at least one yuan. Uh, sorry, one thousand yuan per person. Yeah, per person. Um, and and it easily goes above that actually. Um, to dine there, so therefore this restaurant is, like、uh, Pearl said, put. Its foot down and saying no kids at all、um, from the age of、uh, under the age of twelve. So once the size fits all、uh, policy here, and how do you feel about it? Well, okay, first of all, how do internet users feel about this? Because apparently,、um, everybody's sharing their views and everybody's really. Um, firm about their standing on this. Yeah, because they have very different, quite the opposite ideas about this. Because some people are saying, "Yeah, we love this restaurant. We'll definitely go to these restaurants more because they're keeping children out. It will、oh. create a more sophisticated ambience for those seeking a relaxing and uninterrupted experience." I would like to go to this restaurant. I don't know this restaurant before, and I would definitely book a place for it. Just Because of the policy, but <laughs> some people are saying you are being too harsh to、mm. little kids because sometimes they just don't have the ability to control themselves because they're too little. Their brain is not developed enough.、It's、they not should their not、fault. be out of the house then. They're well. It takes time for a kid's brain to develop. You cannot keep them in the house before it completes. But the idea is, some people, especially the parents with kids, they feel like the、uh, canteen is making the policy being very、um, discriminative、mm. and also being very, very much not kids friendly, which makes them feel like they're not nice people, which makes them、mm. feel like they do not want to dine in with or without kids. Well, there are restaurants. That are more kid friendly. A lot of so them. So they should consider those because yes, their argument is that I would go to all the other restaurants and even for a fine dining experience, I would not choose you. I would choose other ones because you are not kind to kids.、Mm. Well, that's that's actually good for the restaurants because that's what they want. They don't <laughs> want you to bring their. <laughs> they don't want you to bring your kids, your disruptive kids. To the establishments and cause a ruckus in these establishments and disturb other、uh, diners. So I think it, that that suits both sides here. <laughs> If you're saying you're going to uh, uh, stump your feet and turn around and say, "Huh," in a half and say, "I will not come back here. I'm going <laughs> elsewhere. I'm taking my business elsewhere." Well, that's your rights. Thank you, ma'am, or thank you, sir. <laughs> well, <laughs> please、uh, enjoy your time wherever you. Decide to eat with your kids. Actually, this is not the only restaurant that is trying to stay away from kids, and they have all these different kind of、uh, ways to do so. Actually, I know a coffee house.、Um, they are full of very expensive decorations in the coffee shop, so they do not want kids running around. So they have implemented <laughs> a policy of not admitting children under the age of twelve unless they can recite the decimal digits of pi up to thirtieth、oh. decimal place. <laughs> <laughs> proving that they can control themselves and they are well educated, <laughs> and there is also a Singapore restaurant. The name is Angie's Oyster Bar and Grill. The reason I announced the name is、mm-hmm. because, by sounding of the name, I feel like kids would not like to go. It's not、But、a it really quite homey, like inviting oyster bar. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. I, yeah, I, I, it's where、Angie、you take、bit. your new boyfriend or fiance or whatever you know, just to enjoy. Yes.、Yeah. Sorry, I think I, I left out the most important the bit. The oyster couples, <laughs> and that's and why、uh, they said.、Um, You can come, but they warned they would be charged for screaming or uncontrolled children.、Wow. So screaming fee—that's ten dollars. So ten dollars screaming fee for children. So yes, I understand、uh, the mentality behind it. That is, the kids are actually disturbing other parents, and they are.、Um, Destroying the vibe <laughs>、uh. of the restaurant, the the restaurant trying really hard to create. But、yeah. as a parent, 
I have to say, actually, kids, for example, if kids under the age of three or even two, they don't understand. They didn't start learning the language yet. You cannot really control them, and they can start crying or screaming for for because、no、reason they're tired or they're hungry or they're overstimulated or you're placing the plate wrong. It's not the order they had in mind, which they cannot really tell you because they don't know the language yet,、mm. and it's really hard to control your kids and. Despite the parents' best efforts, sometimes they cannot really do so, which makes it even more devastating to know that the restaurants are saying no to us. We're not doing a bad job as parents. We're just—it's just out of our control. Keep your kid at home.、Yeah. Don't go、it's、to the、really、fine dining restaurant. Your parenting, you know, abilities. It's just that. For the sake of、oh, everyone, don't get else, me started. Okay, can you also just think about the fact that maybe your kid sometimes it it's difficult to calm them down once、mm. they start crying. So maybe take them somewhere else. Go to、um, McDonald's. Yeah, they'll have a happy time there. I mean, it's not only young kids though that are problematic.、Uh, I saw a, a a restaurant in in the U.S. It's a very popular one, Chick Fil A. Um, they in Pennsylvania, they actually banned kids under sixteen years old. Sixteen? Yes. So no teenager there, who come there unaccompanied, who do not have adults with them,、oh. because they've had instances where they behave badly, they treat the staff badly, and、uh, they use foul language, and、uh, they are very. Yeah, they're just very disrespectful, and they throw food around. So they decided,、um, and this was in in February twenty twenty three, where they issued this new policy that kids who are under sixteen who do not have adults with them,、mm-hmm. they're not allowed to come in due to these reasons I've just stated. And so it's not just little ones; grown kids are also a problem. And then in Germany, I saw in twenty eighteen. They a a a a restaurant. They they also banned kids under fourteen、um, okay. after five p.m. <laughs> they're not allowed to come <laughs> in there because they ju- the reason、Proactive、is curfew, they wanted、huh? to keep that oasis of peace.、Ah. <laughs> And yes, what? Sorry to go back to fine dining. Fine dining. The key part of the experience <laughs> is silence, or just very, very low、uh, music playing in the background, and then I'm not supposed to hear anybody saying anything. And also, this is a shout out to loud adults as well, because Chinese people sometimes can be very loud, and not just Chinese people, just people. people. But you know, in certain countries where you know the culture of fine dining is a little bit more. Accepted,、mm. I suppose. Then people know that you're supposed to wear this jacket and or dress a cert appropriately and go into these restaurants. And anyhow, so my my point here is that let's just keep the slow restaurants low and 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 keep what is appropriate of the place the way it is. And then that's how you keep people happy. And in this country, actually, sometimes it is shocking the amount of tolerance people give to kids. Like the shocking amount of tolerance. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> yes, I'm a Chinese person. I say it, you know, without <laughs> offending anybody. I'm talking about my own people who I love and have respect to the utmost level. Okay, and then, like, in how many countries do you see in the subway a hardworking middle-aged person after a long day would give up her seat to a child? Well, yes, I do see her mom looking very exhausted, and I'm like, okay, you guys share that seat, but she, but the mom still gives the seat to her child, and then at that moment, I felt okay, maybe I deserve that seat better. But anyway, I'm a good citizen. I'm I'm, I'm with goodwill, that kind of thing. And then the, the the shouting and the screaming sometimes that parents allow their kids running around. You're wondering where is the parent in in all of this, but this is not to write off that there are still a lot of really good parents out there. And then one most heartwarming story that I still remember till today, and this is more than five years old of news, that、uh, on this tr-、uh, air f- a flight trip, this mom、uh, carrying this new baby send. Uh, people or the uh, acquaintance,、mm. n- neighboring acquaintance on the plane,、um, these little cards saying that hey, 
this little baby is only traveling the first time by air, only one year old, and uh, she's trying her best. Her parents will try her their best to uh, keep her quiet,、mm-hmm. but you know we really appreciate it that you be a little bit more considerate. That we might make a little bit noise, and of course, if I see or as a Nice person. I mean, if you see this, then you will give that、uh, family a little bit more leeway, or you know, be accommodating that way. It's not like people are monsters. It's just we need to respect each other's boundaries and each other's hard life in all of this. Sorry, that was quite the speech and way too long. And Yoholian, I'm sure you have something. No, I'm just I'm just thinking about my mentality change because previously I、uh, believed so that for a fine dining experience, sacrificing a little bit of the kids to I mean the kids maybe they don't really they would not really enjoy the experience、mm-hmm. either. They would have a、them. much yeah much happier time in McDonald's.、Yeah. But for a new parent, you will feel like when the dining place, when the、uh, high end restaurant is saying no to your kids, you feel like. Um, it's a little bit anti-parents, and that mentality. I know it's not the case. I know most people would still say, "Oh, your kid is so cute, and it's okay," and they would be tolerant. I have But, a suggestion.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Why don't、uh, new parents or mothers just hire a nanny, and then use that time <laughs> to? Use that time for date nights with the spouse. You know, enjoy that time by yourself. But if you want to spend more time with your kid, I mean, as a family unit, then go to McDonald's. And also, there are many、uh, kids-friendly restaurants. The、mm. restaurants would provide a certain combo of food for kids,、mm-hmm. and they would have this special chair, so your kid can enjoy as well. So yes, and I think my point here is: sure, it's really nice to enjoy a restaurant's ambience or a quiet conversation over a meal without noisy kids running around disturbing you. But for a parent, I feel like it'd be better to live in a society where parents put in the effort, the best、mm. effort, to manage our kids, and others accept that children sometimes would misbehave and use some empathy, some tolerance to, you know, help us go a long way. Yeah, the kids will eventually grow up, and we want good adults. Oh so yeah, they should be disciplined. <laughs>、oh, going the wrong direction. Sorry. <laughs> so. Should learn as they grow up, and I think it's really important that parents. Well, this is one of those、uh, situations that it's easy to pick out the、um, things that aren't so great, but being a parent is a difficult thing. And then, but also, you know, there's the argument you chose to do that. So, and,、uh, and, and, and I hope I'm not coming across as someone who hates kids. I don't. I have. <laughs> Lots of nieces and nephews, and I love I love taking them out to eat somewhere. But I always choose places where they can enjoy themselves、yeah. and they can play. You know, kids friendly、um, places or eateries、yeah. that you know kids、yeah. will have a good time in. And I sacrifice that time to go and sit like a little kid just to watch them and have fun. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And also, parents need to teach kids. You know, you need to teach them not to scream and run, run, run around. Yeah, you know, you teach, teach manners from the very beginning. They, they're more susceptible than you might think. I, I assume that. <laughs> What do I have to, to say to make you listen? Your,、um, you know, everybody's up to you making your own parental、um, decisions as such. Coming up next, motivational Monday. Mo- 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 motivational Monday. New Holland, what do you have for us? Well, actually, over the weekend, I had dinner with one of my college classmates, a good friend, and I got really motivated be-、uh, because of her, or just by her stories. After graduate from our university, she started to started her further study in Japan, where she had to. St- Start with learning the language,、mm. and then she finished it. She found a job there, started a really good family. Actually, we had dinner with her three-year-old, and now she's coming back to start her own business. And we had a really good conversation. And was one, the three-year-old quiet? The three-year-old was very quiet very during、good. dinner because he was watching video on her mother's phone, which. 
Yeah. Wearing earplugs, hopefully. Yeah, but it's <laughs> no. like a, another another conversation <laughs> yeah, we should sorry, have sorry. on round table. But the idea is, she said yeah. the reason. Well, because her life now is a lot different from what she has imagined in、oh. college, and also really different from many of our classmates. I mean, it's all very different. But she liked her life right now, and she said the reason she could. Be where she is now is because whenever she has a choice to make, she will always go with the slightly harder option.、Mm-hmm. It might be,、um, it sounds like a cliche, but actually, I've also heard the saying: "If you do what is easy, your life will be hard." So I think my motivational Monday quote here today is. Go with the harder option. If you have a choice to make between playing video games or reading a book, pick up the well. Pick the harder option and pick up the book. Gym or sofa? Maybe head to the gym. And these seemingly small choices we encounter on a regular basis can shape the trajectory of our lives. And by consistently opting for the more challenging route, we lay the foundation for resilience and foster habits that propel us. Towards future success, so I think I wish you an extraordinary week filled with opportunities to choose the harder path and cultivate the resilience that will guide you to enduring success. Very nice, and I also appreciate the context that you provided with us. And、uh, also, what I have for you is.、Um, Well, okay. There's a song coming up, which you probably already know.、Um, this is、um, a song, an iconic song by the band Beyond, called "Hai Kuo Tian Kong" or "Boundless Oceans, Vast Skies." And the reason why we're sharing the song with you today is that.、Uh, Well, it, it, we've just reached the 30th anniversary of the passing away of the frontman of the band Huang Jiajiu, and this monster hit was released in 1993. It has continuously found new listeners of one generation after another. Just no other Cantonese band of that era sang about the struggles and disillusionment of youth like Beyond did, and people still kind of connect to that. And these lyrics are highly literary, and I suppose. Many many Chinese listeners would know this, and basically alludes to one's struggles to stay true to one's ideals when facing the inevitable headwinds and storms in life. And maybe you're feeling a little bit stuck or stifled, and believe me, been there. When things are not going your way, it's easy to start doubting yourself. Well, I like to say, stay positive, keep the faith, and keep moving forward. Your breakthrough may be just around the corner. The boundless oceans, vast skies, without barriers, may just be waiting for you. Even if the open area is not around the bend, I hope mentally we find that open space for thought, creativity, and hope. So hold your head high, step by step, march the beat. Of your own drum, beyond high court, Tian Kong, and that's it for today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Niu Honglin and Pearl, for joining the discussion. I'm He Yang. We'll see you next time. <laughs>